It is a Wednesday, the 21st of April. Welcome to Two Guys, One Cup, an AFL-adjacent podcast. My name is Will Anderson. And my name is Charlie Clawson. And we are the only podcast that does not keep our podcasting gear in a lockbox. It's free to all to use. There is no, uh, there's no commission overlooking our podcasting to see if we're going to compromise the integrity of podcasting. Well, uh, but mostly because we wouldn't be able to afford a $20,000 fine. <laughs> like, it's yeah. not like this podcast has the budget to be wearing like even suspended $20,000 fines. About 200 bucks would probably break us. We'd probably <laughs> hand back in our podcasting equipment if we got fined $200 for crimes against podcasting. It's just one of those years for Collingwood, isn't it? Mm. We're just like, you just have those days. We're just, you know, you, karma you know, you, 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 that they deserve karma. it. You know, everything that, goes that it turns wrong. out that 30 years of systematic racism has some repercussions <laughs> and sometimes it's think, just concussion. Do you think that's exactly what it is? Do you think there is some kind of like cosmic retribution at play here? Yeah, it's repper concussion. That's what it is. <laughs> it's literally, you know, God saying, you know, you guys, here's what's going to happen. Firstly, all the players you had to get rid of, they're all going to play great. Adam Traw is going to play the best football that he's ever played. He's going to play for a team that isn't going to lose a game so far. And he's got a new best mate. He's he's not not only... Oh, by the way, you're still paying $300,000 of his salary. So there's that. And then the fact that the people that you, you know, kept, like your Dugowies, like, I mean, you keep them so that you can have your Dugowies, have had such indifferent seasons. Like, Dugowie is just one of those guys that... Once every four, you know, kind of once every month, once every four rounds or so, he looks like the best player in the game. And then he just goes completely missing. And then the fact that he then got concussion and then got the phone out and then got them in trouble is just classic Collingwood. Don't you think Jordan Dugowie is the new Jake Stringer in terms of where he's at? Remember like Jake Stringer, the package had it all going for him. Similar kind of player, impact forward that you could run through the middle if you needed a spark. They get the big contract and then boom, everything just grinds to a halt. Do you think Dugowie will be somewhere else next season? I, well, I think that last season was the time, right? He still had a lot of well, trade they, potential last season. 100%. He was like, you know, up and about, you know, there was a lot of value attached to his name. I just think that, I mean, because obviously he's got some off-field stuff and, you know, that's for mm. the course to decide, you know, which way that goes. But if he, he comes with a lot of baggage. So yep. you've got to be pretty certain of the upside that you're going to get if you're going to take on all the baggage. Like at Collingwood, they have to deal with the baggage because he's their guy and it's already their baggage. But yep. he's got a track record and you'd want to be, to have that much baggage, you'd want to be a much better footballer consistently than he has been. I read that Collingwood, the club, is going to pick up the $20,000 fine because they should have had the box yep. locked. Isn't there some culpability culpability though from the players like sure the box should have been locked but you opened the box <laughs> like unless the box is open with like neon arrows pointing to it saying hey if you just come off pick a phone up like the players are obviously taught not to pick up a phone 
concussion aside, like, uh, you know, I'm assuming that one of the symptoms of concussion isn't you think you can take a phone from a locked box, but... I mean, I think in some ways the concussion test should be, can you get your phone out of the box? Like, I mean, the fact (laughs) that he's... The fact that he's been able to get his phone out of this like locked box means that he's probably fine to go back on the field. I would say, yeah. Because yeah, like you shouldn't, where... you shouldn't even be letting somebody. Okay, well, firstly, here's what I would say. I would like yep. to ramp it up completely. I would like to see it like the end of seven. I think every club should have a Kevin Spacey style character who's in charge of the box, and then the yes. players like would have to be yelling Brad's Brad Pitt style, "What's in the box? What's in the box?" And he reveals that it's just his phone. So that's the sort of level of security that I would like for a start. But secondly, I think that the goey thing. I think when Buckley went out and said. Look, he had concussion. Um, that it does become the club responsibility because who gave him the phone? Who let him right. get in there in the first place? There should be somebody who is stopping a guy with concussion getting out his phone. Just on the basic level that not that he might like, uh, you know, if he's forgotten that he can't get his phone, maybe he's forgotten that he's not allowed to bet on the game. Maybe he's forgotten who he is. Maybe like he's gonna, just going to send random messages to, you know, different people. Like, I mean, there's a whole bunch of things that you don't want a guy with a concussion handling his phone for. Or maybe it's like a regarding Henry situation. Yes, that's right. Regarding Henry, the 1990 drama with Harrison Topical. Ford about the arrogant surgeon who gets amnesia and learn, has to relearn his life and becomes a better person for it. Like if Degoe's form slump, you know, is all between the years, he gets a concussion, has to relearn everything. Can you re-teach him to be a better footballer? Oh, so you're regarding to Do you think that regarding Geordie? So, <laughs> do you think that Nathan Buckley, like, is just like might go into like you know a team meeting and just go, look, we got this problem with Geordie Dugowie. He, he's got all the talents in the world, but like the brain that he's got at the moment is just not working for him. Like, you know, he's drink driving and blaming his dog. He's getting in trouble off the field. It, you know, he forgets that he's a good player and how to play and how to be responsible. He's breaking all these late team rules. Is there a chance that we can regarding, he, he puts on, I want to show you some vision and everyone thinks it's going to be like behind the goals or like he's running yeah. patterns. He's like, no, it is the movie regarding Henry written by, written by someone famous too, isn't it? Regarding Henry. I don't know. I don't know. Have you got the IMDb link up there? J.J. Abrams. J.J. Abrams. Right, regarding. Yeah. He must have been like 12 years old when he wrote that. Yeah. It was written by J.J. Abrams before he was J.J., by the way, when he was Jeffrey Abrams. Oh, that's his name. Jeffrey Abrams. Yeah. <laughs> Jeffrey Jeffrey Abrams is his name. So, um, so yeah. So, he, he says, look, we're going to go into a regarding Geordie situation Geordie. here. We yep. just need him to constantly get hit in the head enough that we completely change his personality. Do you think that Bucks introduces that with, I want to show you, I want to tell you about my top five Harrison Ford films. Oh yeah. Good. Yeah. Indiana Jones one, Indiana Jones two, (laughs) Indiana Jones three, Indiana Jones, Indiana Jones four regarding Henry. (laughs) He just slips in it at the end. So people don't suspect it. I, I think that, no, I think if Nathan Buckley was going to show five Indiana Jones films, that he would actually be like, he'd be using each of them as an example. He wouldn't just be going, let's bury regarding Henry and it'd be the only one. I think he'd be going, okay, I'm going to show you Empire Strikes Back because Collingwood, much like the Empire. That's not Indiana Jones. That's that's Star Wars. No, that's what I'm saying. I'm saying that like he would, on the list, he would show you like of the Harrison Ford films, he'd be going, okay, "Okay, I'm going to show you Empire Strikes Back because you know what? 
that's a big tale of the empire. Empire after the first movie backs against the wall. The one thing yeah. you've got to say is like, oh, they're never going to build another Death Star. They're never going to be able to regroup <laughs> from this. But they did. They're at their best with their backs against the wall. So you show them that. And then you choose three other Harrison Ford movies that maybe, yeah. which is before the you play Before you play Essendon, he puts on Mosquito Coast and he's like, right. all right, <laughs> I want you to pay close attention to Irving Mosquito. <laughs> It's like, Bucks, that's not what the, the movie's about at all. I mean, there's actually barely a reference to a mosquito in the entire film. He's like, Doesn't I ran matter. out of time. I literally <laughs> ran out of time. I was just on IMDb. That was the link, that the, the most obvious link I could make. Yeah. Now, Mason Cox, I know it's been weird all week in training when we've uh, had you rucking up against a one-armed ruckman, but I believe it will pay off when we show you the Fugitive Tapes. <laughs> Now, Mason Cox was dropped for the game against West Coast. Are you one of these people who falls into the camp of like, Mason Cox playing football is an embarrassment to our sport and, you know, he was never going to make it, blah, blah, blah. Or you, this is one of the most inspiring sports stories that we have going around. What camp do you fall inside? Because there's no gray area, Will. I want you to give me one hot take. You either think it's say, an embarrassment or you think it's amazing. No, no. You cannot, no gray. It is. Give me a Cane Corns-esque polarized take, one or the other. Because, yes, well, I'll say this first and then we'll get to the polarized, polarized takes. This is 100% an example of gray area. In the same way as Tom Boyd was a 100% example of gray area. Did he ever justify the number one tag? Probably not. Did he ever probably justify the million dollars he was being paid a year? Probably not. But when he was needed... He, he, I always still think he was best on ground in the grand final. Like he stood up, you know, and the Bulldogs wouldn't have won the premiership without, you know, Tom Boyd's involvement. So is that a completely successful experiment or a completely failed experiment? No, it's not. It's gray area. Like the, the good outweighs the bad. And Mason Cox has played a bunch of good games and some of them in, you know, big finals. So finals. I think that mm. you can't say that it's been an abject failure. The guy that this dude who had not played the game before has come and dominated on the biggest stage during finals. I you, that cannot be a failure, but at the moment is the majority of it a failure. If you have to have like a real harsh take on it, you're just like, well, yeah, just put your, put your twerp on, hat yeah, on for a okay, second and give on. me your, your best cane corns take. All right. Shut the borders, build a wall. No more overseas <laughs> players. They are a disgrace to the game. It is called Australian rules football. It's not called American rules football. Go back to your own country. Well, you're right. All that stuff does come into the, like, the fans' perceptions. At the moment, at St Kilda, like Brad Hill is copying all the heat for being like a you know 800,000 plus a year recruit in a team that's playing really badly. And it kind of baffles me because any... Saint supporter who thought getting Brad Hill was going to be like we're getting a danger field or we're getting a dusty. He's an outside player. We recruited for needs, which was we needed outside run and use. But mm. if they're also, not getting him, he'd had two pretty good careers at two different clubs, yeah. which means you know when you're a running player, there's a fair amount of miles on those legs. Like you know, like you're not getting a do like you're going. Yeah, this was a really good car in its day. And I'm hoping mm. that I'll get a few more years out of it being a really good car. But you've got to have bought it with the thought that at some stage, this car is going to start having some problems. Well, it's just weird how every club has a scapegoat. Like I've seen, you know, in following the Saints all the years, like it just it just revolves. It was Mav Weller before it was him. Before that, it was Raf Clark. And there's always this idea too that, you know, they 
because uh, the, the the complaint about Brad Hill is that he's soft. You know, mm. he was terrible against Richmond. I don't think anyone can argue that. But and also, he dropped the ball. He's always been soft. Like he's always I, been if soft. I was Brad Hill. I was like, you bought me. I am soft. That's what you bought. Yeah. You came over yeah. and you poked me in the tummy and you commented on how soft my tummy was. In fact, I got it out just so that you could have a look at it and rub it. You, I remember distinctly that Brett Ratton lay his head on my stomach. <laughs> it was a weird, it was a weird interview. I've got to be honest with you. But it's just this kind of crazy thing. You know, fans feel so disempowered and there's a lot of angry, disappointed Saints fans at the moment. And to me, it feels like, well, if I can crystallize the issue down to one simple answer, that will make me feel better about we just need to drop him and make a statement and that'll send a message to the rest of the players. And like even the press seem to be like on the bandwagon in every press conference, they're asking, you know, uh, Brett Ratton, when are you going to drop Brad Hill? And like Brett Ratton, he's just like, no, we're not dropping him. He's out of form. But then like 90% of the team is out of form. I've had a lot of time to think about where we're at since last Thursday. And, you know, it was a, it was an incredibly uh, disappointing um, uh, uh, performance, just like woeful. But then I sort of started, actually, you know, we're not big on facts or statistics or anything like that. So I actually just went and did some research about my own club. And it's like, no wonder where it started the year so badly. Like we don't have a third of our first string team on the field. We've got like a really hard draw. We're just... The expectation compared to where we came into the season, like we had so many injuries. We lost Jay Gresham in round three, and he's probably our second best player behind Jack Steele. So I think every, and then we, you know, we get the, the loss to Essendon, whatever. I don't know. I can't explain that. But getting thumped by Melbourne and we're well, losing to Melbourne and then getting thumped by Richmond, I'm like, it's probably a fairly accurate, uh, 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 accurate summary of where we're at at this stage of the season without any recognized Ruckman, without most of our, like a third of our first choice team. So I'm actually like, ah, oh, hello, mediocrity. I remember you. <laughs> Come in, take a seat on the couch. I'm very familiar with this. But this is, I mean, it's the trickle down theory of football, but I think it actually applies. And I think it applies to Gold Coast as well. I've heard a lot about, if you don't have a Ruckman, like Marshall came back for one week and you guys played heaps better. Like it's one yeah. of those things that if you're not getting first use of the ball, or at least some competition in first use of the ball, it has such a trickle down effect to every other player in the team. But the person that affects the most are like forwards and, you know, outside runners, like people like Brad Hill. These are the like people who rely on every other part of the system working so that they can be the icing on the cake. So they can be the ones who come in and you even see it at the Bulldogs, like the change between how we're playing like last year versus this year starts a lot in the middle of the ground, getting first use of the ball. And like Gold Coast, mm. I heard someone say the other day, yes, they're missing wits. Yeah, they're missing Rao, but is it any excuse? And I was like, yeah, it's the actual yeah. excuse. It is the perfect excuse. <laughs> like literally they're missing their captain and their ruckman and their best new player. Uh, yeah, that's, that is, and they're missing a whole bunch of others as well. But like, I feel like but wits they is a super important person. Yeah, you're right. They're missing the two key components that give you first use, which right. is a ruckman and a midfielder. But not only that, but a ruckman you can't just replace. Like your team has gone out and found the biggest, tallest dork they can. <laughs> like it doesn't matter. They just want big dorks. Like that's why they're going to like, you know, the NBL and stuff and just dragging guys in because it's so important. If you've got 
Like Aaron Sanderlands wasn't necessarily the most skilled footballer, but he was as big as a house. Big. He was just <laughs> big of, and dorky. What do you want? Yeah. And that's what I love about our game is it's like it's like an episode of Game of Thrones, like when they're attacking, you know, the 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 ice wall or whatever. It's like all of a sudden you've got all these like people running around, but then you just see that one big giant. It's like, yeah, every team just needs that one big lumbering giant. Yeah. And I think that they are hard to find. And so and, and, you know, you only ever have a couple on your list. And this is why, you know, there's all this talk around the mid-season draft and swapping of players and all these sort of things. It's only ever about Ruckman. Like, mm. it has other consequences, but re- literally what they're kind of saying is that, you know, if you lose a Ruckman, you're a bit buggered and it'd be a good, good way to be able to pick up another Ruckman. I think mm. they could just limit it to Ruckman. You have this, like, trade period. You can swap a Ruckman. Just for Ruckman. Ruckman, yeah. uh, you can just swap. But don't you find with Ruckman, like it's kind of, it's like the talent pool in Australia. Like the top 10% are as good as anywhere in the world. And then there's like a steep drop off when you go into depth. Like our first two choice Rucks are really good. But then the two guys we brought in as backup, Paul Hunter, who came from the Crows, had never played a senior game. And um, uh, Sean McKernan from Essendon, who, you know, is the much maligned. That's, uh, I believe his official name is the much maligned Sean McKernan. (laughs) They're just not up to snuff. And it's because it's such a difficult position. So I I like the idea of a Ruckman exclusive trade period in the middle of the season, but is it going to be the options out there? Look at what happened to Sydney. Tom Hickey goes down in that game and all of a sudden the Ruck coach from GWS is suddenly the best player on the ground and GWS win the game. A dude that many people did not know was still playing football. He is Shane Mumford. (laughs) Is the like he is really the rest of society's, yeah, Jesse White because there yes. are so many people who were surprised that Shane Mumford was still on an AFL list. But it's exactly what you're saying. Who would have thought that we'd be talking about Sydney and the mm. brilliant season that Sydney's been having and saying, but the key to all that is Tom Hickey? But it kind yeah. of is. Yeah, I mean, it's funny to think about Shane Mumford like just making that transition into player to coach because it doesn't feel that long ago that sausage <laughs> was going around. You know what I mean? It's like, if you're the player, if you're learning, if you're sitting at the feet of Shane Mumford to learn the rut craft, but that video is pretty fresh in your mind. Is it hard to kind of have respect for sausage? You know what I love the most about uh, that whole sausage uh, incident <laughs> is that the media have just decided to men in black it. Like he's back now. And we're yep. just never going to mention it again to the point where I heard him on Triple M being interviewed and they were talking about the idea of going, so where did the nickname sausage come from and you <laughs> ate all those sausages and when you finish football, you should really like, you know, get some branded sausages. And even, you could almost feel even with him, a bit of him going, <laughs> and yeah, there was that, remember when I did all that cocaine and everybody chanted <laughs> sausage, sausage, there was also that which might have taken some of the edge off the brilliant branding. Or maybe not. But the name must have come before the, before the, the line. Uh, yeah. Right? yeah, no, so that's... So but that's it, where it got famous. It came from <laughs> that's it him eating a whole bunch of sausages. But they're referencing the, him eating a whole bunch of sausages as if that's the most famous sausage story with him. Yeah. And he's just like, but it is not. Did you not see the video? You can post it on your socials. <laughs> As we predicted uh, in our tips last week, well, I tipped the Giants actually, but we predicted on the show that black Guernsey of the Giants, they've just got to stick with it now for the rest of the season. Clash be damned. 
they look better. They it actually matches the uh, the culture of the team. Like they are the Black Hats. You're right. Yeah, I think it just absolute suits them. I, it seemed to be universally liked as well. It got a lot of good feedback, and obviously put them back in the winners' circle. I think Lucky Socks style. It just doesn't matter home or away. You wear that uniform until you lose again. And no, actually, in fact, um, they're playing us this weekend. So in that case, <laughs> we're your old one that you're losing, you're losers. <laughs> well, speaking of that game, uh, Bevo did a press conference today and uh, it's actually got me excited. Like to, to hear Bevo talk it up like it's a main event, like boxing match. It's like, oh boy. And look, I've spoken to people on both sides uh, of the uh, of the coin and um, – the hatred between the Bulldogs it's real. and the Giants is real. It's, it's so real. great. Like, I think maybe that's what GWS, uh, that's what the Giants haven't quite established is they've got no enemies. And St Kilda's a lot like that in a lot of ways as well. No one really hates St Kilda. We're kind of inoffensive. But the smartest thing the Giants ever did was just find one team to go, we fucking hate these guys. <laughs> We're going to make them our nemeses, our ne- nemesis. Well, there's nemesi. been enough. You just need a series of incidents. So yep. there was a bit of bad blood before 2016, but us beating them in that preliminary final when they really were a better team than us, that, that you get the start of it. Then you have the Bontempelli incident, like the cleanest player in the game, but, you know, he was involved in an in, in incident that, you know, broke someone's jaw. Nick Haynes. And then they all went to, remember then GWS last time, all went to like rough up Bontempelli? Try that again. In the final. Good luck to you. Uh, uh, like, but I think. Why do, that you, why do you say that? He likes it. Bonton Pal- he, he, he Yeah, he's like, he it's like Toby Green. Up. There's no point us going and right. like trying to rev up Toby Green. You're just guaranteed that Toby Green's going to kick five or six goals if you try to get into Toby Green. And I think Bont's a bit the same. But is that a recent attribute? Because I was at that final where they did rough him up and it did generally, genuinely put him off his game. Yeah. And I think that since then he has, I think that was the area of his game that has taken him from where he was, like one of the best 10 players in the game to being, I think he is at the moment, like, it's yes, it's an at the moment thing, but I think he's the clear second best player in the game at the moment, Marcus Bontempelli. I just can't. I just can't think of another player other than Dusty Martin who is a more influential player than Bontempelli at the moment. Um, Jesse Plowman. Okay, top three. <laughs> <laughs> Carlton fans hate themselves a Plowman. I'll tell you that much. Um, where do you think Carlton are at? They, um, we, you and I, uh, were the two skeptics. Yep. We were the people who were like, "What is all this talk about Carlton?" and I mean, I like it because it's taken a lot of heat off St Kilda. Their loss to Port Adelaide, for some reason, seems to have uh, um, uh, distracted people from how bad we were. But it is an interesting question about where they're at because they, if you look at their list, they have had like a, a number of top 10 draft picks and they still haven't turned it into anything. Yeah, and I'm fine with it. I'm still absolutely fine. I have no sympathy with Carlton. Like, I, I love the idea that they're the new Melbourne. If we can't have Melbourne being Melbourne, I'm very happy for Carlton to be the new Melbourne. Yeah. Yeah, but they're not quite Melbourne, though, are they? Because it's it's more it's the middle of the road kind of thing. They're not calamitous. 
Like the thing that sort of made Melbourne, Melbourne and Richmond, Richmondy before that was the kind of calamitous nature of the failure. It's just more. Yeah, but I think that's what it is. Disappointing. Like, I mean, I think they've, they've got a bit of, we've got all these draft picks. It's all going to come good at some stage. And they've had so many of those, you know, Kurnow kicks a bunch of goals or yeah, Harry kicks a bunch of goals. Or, you know, like you kind of think if we can get all this to work together, yeah. then Carlton will be a really good team, but they just cannot seem to get it all to work together. It's, it's got to be a casbolt led revival. That's what I'm saying. Make Levi. Everyone talks about Charlie Cameron, uh, uh, Charlie Kerno, Charlie Kerno. You make Levi the number one guy, and I reckon that t that's what turns the turns the team around. Make him captain. Take it yeah. off, Crips. Sorry, Patty. Give <laughs> <laughs> it to Levi Casbolt. I reckon he would look good as a captain. He's a good looking fella. Like yeah. he, you know, he's he's got male model good looks. I mean, Patrick Cripps is pretty good looking too. But you know, he looks like a captain. Do you think he would play like a captain if he if he assumed that role? Uh, I, I worry that it's the other way around. I worry that, you know, in, in classic, you know, Levi Casbolt style, like that he'd do two good things, but then something really ridiculous. So like he'd win the toss two weeks in a row and then the third week somehow like the kid would toss the coin into his eye. Like that, that, <laughs> Blind that's him. what I feel. I'd love but Levi Casbolt with like an eye patch. Like he would look cool. He'd look like a '60s kind of Bond villain, you know. He should just wear that, like a turtleneck and a blazer. That's what he wears to the ground with his eye patch, like Doctor Evil's uh, henchman. I mean, they are just—I guess because it's Carlton also, and Carlton just used to be a team that expected success. The fact that they have been so mediocre for so long is a story of its own. Hmm. Yeah, it's funny. My um, favorite uh, win, because again, the Saints game seems like such a long time ago. I actually got to enjoy the weekend's football without worrying about my team. And I watched all of Fremantle versus Adelaide. And that two things stood out to me. Like Frio, actually a pretty good team. They got a lot going on. David Mundy, like for the world's oldest man, is playing like a champion. Like he is such a good player. I think I kind of always lumped David Mundy in with like, um, you know, Chris Mayne or Sean McManus before that. I always thought he was just this kind of, you know, your good ordinary player who's clock up 200 games. He's actually a pretty good player. Him and Travis Boak, they're kind of like the two sort of um, uh, um, um, like, uh, uh, what would you call them? Like hot dads. <laughs> they got, the you know how some dudes don't get hot till they get really old? Like George Clooney. Yeah. Like George Clooney is a young man. was all right. But it wasn't until he got all salt and pepper and sort of hit his kind of late thirties, early forties. You're like, oh yeah, David Mundy is actually like the George Clooney <laughs> of the AFL. Yeah, every team needs a hot dad, and yeah, yeah totally. Mundy definitely is one of those people that I think he's yeah he's underrated because he's always had like a better player in the team, but also he has one of those games where I think his game doesn't suit his looks. Like, you know, as yes. in he looks, he looks like, like that typical Western Australian footballer, stringy blonde hair, kind of what position does he play? Half mm. forward, half back, he's got a wingman. You don't really know what his position is, but it's the quality of his possessions. Like he's so, such a good user of the ball. And I mean, how many games has it been where he has had a shot after the siren to win the game? And he like ices it every time. He's like, he's like, if Robbie Gray had grown up in Perth, <laughs> <laughs> he's He's WA's version of Robbie Gray. Like if you're from Adelaide and you're an ice man, that's what you look like. If you're in WA, that's what you look like. Who's the Victorian equivalent of that? Who's the, 
Who's the kind of from a Melbourne team, Mr. Reliable? Well, it'd have to be Bob from Murphy? Rich, it'd have to be from like a Richmond, right? Like, no, well, that should be a current day player. There must be a current day player okay. who would be. You would, Mr. Well, is Trent Trent Cochin Mr. Reliable? He's not, he's not really renowned for his kicking, though, is he? No. Who is Mr. Reliable out of all the Victorian teams? Ben Cunnington? I mean, he's pretty reliable. What about Shane Edwards? Is Shane Edwards Mr. Reliable? Oh, yes. Oh, but Shane Edwards, and this is the thing that gets Richmond fans all bent out of joint. Shane Edwards is heaps better than Mr. Reliable. Like Shane Edwards in any other side would be, you know, your, your, your top one of your top three players. He just happens to be... At Richmond, I think. But I mean, David Mundy, is. like, I think we're undervaluing David Mundy as well. I think Mundy's. <laughs> Are like, we David Mundervaluing? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, exactly. We, like Garfield, have hated Mondays and we've, <laughs> we've come around on the idea. Um, yeah, I guess you're right. He, yeah, you're right. Uh, Shane Edwards is definitely the Melbourne. And so who would be, who would be the Queensland <laughs> version of Mr. Reliable? Uh, Dane like Daniel Zorko? Rich. Oh, yeah, Daniel Rich. Daniel Rich. Daniel Rich. Daniel Rich, you know what he is? One of Although those guys Australian. who just gets better. Like he's one of those guys that like started quite, you know, in promising fashion, won the rising star. Then just like you felt like, ah, oh, he's kind of peaked. He's never going to be as good a player as. And then he's just one of those guys that every year when he keeps coming like back, you're just like, oh, like this is this is a weird way that your career's gone. It started really strong and then it feels like it had a massive setback and then it's just kind of, you've just gradually developed into these one of these really champion players. Well, he, he when you're a player like, um, there used to be that dude from the Gold Coast, I think it was McKenzie or like a Matthew Suckling where you get known for one attribute, which mm. is you're an amazing kick. And as we know, Matthew Suckling is the <laughs> worst amazing kick going around. Everyone thinks he's an amazing kick for a left footer. And he's terrible. Um, but Daniel Rich, like you could have easily just classed him as that sort of one trick pony. It's kind of like, you know, in, in the 2000s in the NBL, when they would do the slam dunk contest, it felt like every team had one player who was only kept on the list for the slam dunk contest. Like the Melbourne Tigers had Brett Rainbow. It's like, well, not, he's not going to be in the starting team. But boy, when it comes to the slam dunk competition, he's really good at that. And so you'll get a player like that at most clubs where it's like, oh, get the ball in his hands. He can kick it, you know, 70 meters off one step. But he has turned into like this excellent rebound defender. And it also feels like he's been around for ages. Like mm. when would you have, when would you assume he started his career? I, I honestly don't know. Like it would, it's, he's got up? to have been playing 12 years. I'm going to guess. Yeah. I'll say, yeah. 2009 seems about right. Okay. I'm going to look it up. Uh, and he's see. never once gone back to WA, even though he looks like he should be a Western Australian. I mean, oh. do you think he looks more Western Australian or more Queenslander? Uh, I would say definitely looks more Western Australian. Absolutely looks more Western Australian. Um, how about this? Uh, this is some uh, breaking news from April 14, 2021. Uh, Daniel right. Rich has signed on for another year at the Brisbane Lions. Uh, so it, it put pen to paper on a deal that seemed locked away until the end of 2022. The West Australian has often been linked to a possible return home, but has committed mm. his future to the Lions, who drafted him back at, what was our guess? Uh, 2009? 2008. Oh, Yeah, he's been good for a long time then, because that was a, they were a very shit team for half, right. half his time in Queensland. Yeah. Well, so. while we're in while we're in Queensland, it's probably a good time to uh, 
Australia's favourite segment, Where's Matt At? Or, as we've had a recent suggestion this week, how about Rowling Coverage? Like it. I'm very happy with some Rowling Coverage of, what, where, of where Matt is at. Uh, well, the good news is that Matt Rowell is on track for a mid-season return. How about, uh, have you is, been paying uh, attention? <laughs> uh, this is from Seven News from a couple of days ago. Gold Coast are hoping to have young midfield star Matt Rowell back from injury for the Suns' round 14 clash with Port Adelaide. His injury plague starts his career continued when he suffered a partial tear of posterior cruciate ligament. Okay, so... The news is that Matt Rowell will be coming back for round 14. So that means he comes back with eight games to go. Mm -hmm. If Gold Coast can nab four more, do you say 12, mm -hmm. 12 wins get you into the finals this year? Mm -hmm. 12 if is that right? Gold, yeah. Gold Coast have got one win to round five. Mm -hmm. If they can snag another four till round 14, till he gets back, and then they don't lose a game, they could go barnstorming to the finals. That's what I'm saying. Okay, so you're saying that eight games in a row, they win eight games in a row when he's back, which he's means back. that he probably also gets eight Brownlow votes, so three Brownlow votes in each of those eight games, which means... 24 votes. He finishes the season on 24 Brownlow votes. Could he win the Brownlow? Or is that too low? I don't... Who? Well, I think it depends. Who has been the standout this year so far in the Brownlow? It's been like Tex Walker... Uh, Bontembelli's had a great season, well. but I, the problem with Bontembelli is that there's also a lot of other Bulldogs who've had a great season, so he might not have got three Vote votes takers. in each game. Yeah, I reckon, um, yeah, I, I'm going to make a prediction that he comes in at round 14, they don't lose another game for the season, they go barnstorming at the finals, he wins the Brownlow. <laughs> <laughs> no pressure. No pressure, Matt. <laughs> Uh, well, we've had some suggestions for some pocket profiles. In fact, uh, a very loyal listener, Ed, um, he gets the footy record every week. So he's been very kindly taking a snapshot on his phone of all the brand new player oh, profiles. So we actually have a player profile up to date, Jaden Stevenson in North Melbourne colours. So this isn't your, I like to place a bet, bloody uh, bad karma, Collingwood era, Jaden Stevenson. This is the brand new kangaroo's shin boner, Jaden Stevenson. Okay, so Love let's it. start with the first one. What's his nickname? Steve-O. Bang on. Fuck you. You and Jaden Stevenson, <laughs> you're in sync. You're like the trots and the greyhounds. You're just, you know, <laughs> simpatico. I bet, I bet you're going to nail this one, Will. Um, okay. As a kid, what did you want to be? And this is a acute answer a kind of a cutesy answer it's probably what a kid might say they want to be not like an astronaut or a, or a fireman or anything like that but like what would a kid maybe want to be um a kid might want to be a race car driver mm, no owner of a shop but what kind of shop oh a sports shop nah a lolly shop he wanted to be oh, Willy wonka okay what was the team he followed as a kid non-victorian Oh, okay. So where's he from? Don't know. Okay. All right. No, okay. Fair enough. Um, Non-Victorian team. I would assume he's probably from South Australia or Western Australia. In yeah, which, you would be wrong. In which case, uh, I would say that his favourite team was the Brisbane Lions. Brisbane? Oh, fuck, man. I knew it. You and Steve-O. Oh, Simpatico. I'm loving it. Who was the best player he's ever played with and why? Wiz? So in the yeah. same team as? Former, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a former teammate. Hasn't yeah, spent enough time with the Scott the Pendlebury? Boys. 
wrong. Yeah. Oh, oh, okay, interesting. Um, I'd say most people would say this is Collingwood's second best player. Uh, oh, um, uh, Steel Cider Bottom. Correct. And why is he the best player that Steve has played with? Uh, good tips on the races. Keep, yeah, knows how to keep his bloody <laughs> mouth, mouth shut. shut. I'm like Jeremy Howe. Like bloody Jeremy Howe getting out his phone, breaking rules. But apparently I get out my phone and how long before I dob you in? Because um, uh, he's got a funny name. Because uh, he can... <laughs> Surprisingly not. Because his name because... is... Si- Guys, his name is still Sidebottom. <laughs> Yeah. I could just see him doing the interview with the footy record. He gets out a whiteboard. He draws a picture of a bum with an arrow to the side. Steel. Side. Bottom. bottom. Steel. Can you imagine having a Made bottom on the side? Um, who is uh, 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 your most admired opponent? I'm not going to have to Google this person because I don't Ooh. know who it is. Do you think, okay, does it feel like it out. might be a joke like answer? Like one of his That's what I'm about friends, to that sort of find thing? out. It's one of his new teammates and it could be... A gag, because I don't know anything about this guy. Uh, so it's a current teammate who started his career in 2013. So he's been around for a while. I'm assuming it's a joke. Lucas <laughs> McDonald. No, shares a same, shares a surname with a famous West Indian bowler. Uh, Jeremy Garner. <laughs> Taylor Taylor Garner. Oh. Uh, who is his all-time favourite player? Okay. Um, uh, similar attributes, would you think? Like No. Oh. No, very different. Key position player. Okay. Tony Lockett. No, think about the team you followed as a kid. Ah, uh, Jonathan Brown. Correct. Why? Uh, because he was fearless on the field. Like, courage. Hard as nails. Hard as nails. Hard as nails. Right. Yeah. I, uh, congratulations, Steve-O, on not using the metaphor hard as a cat's head. I uh, showed tremendous restraint in this in this instance. Um, who is the first player he would choose in fantasy football? And this is probably at the start of the season. Most people would have probably nominated this guy. Uh, at the start of the season, you say most people would have nominated yeah. this guy. He's found some form recently, but it was a very slow start. Uh, Lucky Neil. Lucky Neil. If you could ask someone to be your mentor, who would it be? Joke answer. Um, you referenced a film this guy was in at the very start of the show. Uh, so, um, okay, so Star Wars, Darth Vader? No, no. Yoda. It was just a fleeting... <laughs> Yoda would be a great yeah. mentor. I mean, he is. Gut running, you must do. <laughs> um, no, it's an actor. You referenced a, a thriller, a, a 90s thriller when talking about the Collingwood players and getting their phones. Yeah. Um, uh, one the, of the stars. The Fugitive? No, 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 no. A 90s thr- Indiana Jones? No, something to do with the box. Oh, oh, okay. Um, uh, 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 Morgan Freeman? No, I mean, that would be the obvious <laughs> choice for a mentor, right? Because he always plays a mentor. He wants Brad Pitt to be his mentor. Okay. All right, different generation. You know, you need younger mentors, you know. Maybe they don't connect with, Fair like, enough. you know, someone of Morgan's generation. That's a good point. Yeah. Um, what is his preferred grand final time slot? Daytime, twilight, or nighttime? Mm, uh, I'm going to say he's a twilight operator. You're going to say that because you and Steve-O are best mates. Congratulations. <laughs> I... 
I feel like you two would both be bitten by a dog <laughs> in training or, or when you're away from training. Um, uh, what is okay. Jaden Stevenson's number? What does he wear? Does it say that? Doesn't say. Okay. Uh, um, who would Jaden Stevenson like to see at the ha at halftime entertainment? Uh, female pop star. Also, what an Italian might say if he wants you to jump. Uh, oh, I don't know the Italian for jump, but... Um... <laughs> no, well, that's probably misled you. <laughs> An Italian speaking English. Oh. What If he was going to tell you to jump, what might that sound like? <laughs> um, so what was the question in the first place? <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I can only remember the clue. I can't even remember what the question was. <laughs> Continuing the uh, pocket profile pocket tradition of the most baffling clues, <laughs> who would <laughs> who would you like to see at the as the halftime entertainment oh. uh, at the grand final? I'm saying it's a female pop yeah. star, and her name sounds like if an Italian was telling you to jump uh, in English. Uh, uh, Dua Lipa. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> I cannot believe I got that. That's pretty spot on though. Do a leaper. <laughs> Jump. Do a leaper. Is that not... Okay. Apologies to Stephen Canilio and the uh, Italian community of the AFL. Yeah, I apologize. Exactly. <laughs> Who is his favorite AFLW player? Uh, I think she was, she was a Brisbane Lion. She now plays for the Kangaroos. Mm, um... uh, last uh, initials KA. Uh, Kate Anderson. Caitlin Ashmore. If you weren't a footballer, what would you like to be? And this is, he uses the, uh, the time on a tradition of comedy of a callback here. Oh, okay. So something he's originally said. Um, owner of a lolly shop. Correct. What talent do you wish you had? Um... Again, sort of vaguely rated, related to uh, an answer he gave not too long ago. Okay, so... Um, oh. Talent you wish you had. Talent you wish you had. Nah, don't know. He'd like to be a singer. Oh. This is my favourite question in the entire profile. Um, describe yourself in one word, and he uses two, oh. <laughs> with a hyphen. Okay. Um, uh, Good-natured. Um, mm, Self-deprecating you know, More chill um, Someone's kind of like Laid back Easy going Easy going uh, What did you learn about yourself During COVID lockdowns? Uh, what did he learn about himself? That he I reckon this is something that maybe I mean I know you don't feel this way But I think someone in your profession uh, who tours a lot might feel this way. That you miss being on the road, that you miss the crowds, that you miss the travel, that you... Mm, no, when you're on tour, what would you hate about being on tour? Uh, that you miss your own bed, that you like sleeping in your own mm, bed. Close. I hate hotel rooms. Biggest thing you missed during hub life? Uh, you just touched on it. Anonymous on the road sex. <laughs> No, sorry. Um, uh, not being able to have a flutter. Yeah, sleeping in his own bed. Uh, family and friends. 
what is the most enjoyable thing about hub life? And we're really getting into the Berlin years of Jaden Stevenson here. I feel like this line of questioning around the hub has really brought out some negativity. Um, What's the most enjoyable thing about hub life? Will? Nothing. Nothing. Nil. Uh, who is the funniest teammate during hub life? Now I'm assuming this would have to be a Collingwood teammate, right? Never heard of this guy. Um, shares a surname with a guy who played for West Coast and then came to Collingwood. Uh, Maine. Someone Maine. No, he was a, he was famous for his glove, his glove work. Um, his glove work. Uh, I see, oh, he came from West Coast. You remember this guy? Remember the West Coast guy with the glove? Gardner. No. Take it off. Um, no. Who, who was it? Q-Tip, the big Q. Quentin. Quentin Lynch. Remember Tarantino. <laughs> yeah, Quentin Lynch. <laughs> I do not remember Quentin Lynch. I mean, I do now that you've mentioned him, but the idea of Quentin Lynch has been erased from my AFL memory. Well, as uh, uh, again, in the tradition of the most baffling clues, that's not even getting you close to <laughs> who we're talking about. His most funniest teammate during hub, hub life was Max Lynch. Um, okay. What's the first place you want to visit after travel restrictions are lifted? And that's how you can tell this is a you know current, up-to-date player profile. Where does he want to go? TAB. I mean, <laughs> this would be a fairly common answer amongst most Australians of his age and I would suggest temperament. Pub? No, like a country, a oh, place. Where does he want to go? Bali. Yeah, Bali. <laughs> Congratulations. What's the favourite sporting event you would like to attend? Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Fuck, see, you and Steve-O, best mates. <laughs> best mates. It's, I mean, spoilers, there is no comedian question, but oh, I reckon if there was, it, we might have the first instance in which Carl Barron is not named. I must admit, I spotted answer. one the other day where it was Jim Jeffries, and I was like, no closer. <laughs> no fucking closer. <laughs> the last TV series you binged on? Ooh. I mean, this has been pretty popular in the last six months. A lot of people talking about it. Netflix series. Tiger King. New. Um, more recent than that. Oh, okay. Uh, Last Dance was the same time as Tiger King. More recent uh, on Netflix. RuPaul's Drag Race. Yep. <laughs> no, that's not on no. Netflix. Um, Female-led drama. It's all about a certain competition. Oh. Uh, no, don't. Uh, uh, has has the name of a uh, a B stringer Marvel superhero in it? <laughs> okay, no, I don't know what. The Queen's Gambit. Oh God! <laughs> Who's the most famous person Steve-O's met? <laughs> and this is a surprise. Like this is a genuine A-lister, like A-list celebrity actor, actor, international or actor, Australian actor, international actor. Like I'm talking top of the hill when it comes to. I'm, it's so famous, I'm thinking maybe he's making this up because uh, I don't understand in what instance Steve-O and this person would be in the same room. Uh, Tom Cruise. Perhaps if Steve-O had a, if his sister was 19 and a model. Leonardo DiCaprio. Leonardo DiCaprio. <laughs> Will, paint a picture for me how Steve-O and, and Leonardo DiCaprio find themselves side by side somewhere. Okay, so here's what I would say. Just okay, so Leonardo DiCaprio spends some time in Australia, right? 
spend some time yep. up in the sort of part of the world that we live in, the Northern Rivers of New South Wales. In fact, there's been rumours mm -hmm. that he's recently bought somewhere kind of in between where we live in the Gold Coast. Like he's bought a whole bunch of land that he's going to do some sort of you know, conservation project on. So Leonardo's out in Australia. He's out checking out some land. Steve-O's um, at school this week. At, uh, <laughs> Steve O's at school this week in Byron. And he runs into Leonardo DiCaprio because they're both out and about. Some people are paying attention to Jaden Stevenson and Leonardo DiCaprio is curious about that. He's like, hey, I'm the biggest star in this room. I'm curious about... This, some of the 19-year-old models in this room aren't coming over to my table. Some of the 19-year-old models are going over to meet this guy. What I've got to do is get all the 19-year-old models back to where I am. So he invites Jaden over to sit at his table so that he can, you know, sort of like, can't bring the mountain to Muhammad. You bring the, you know, Muhammad to the mountain. Yeah. And five minutes later, they're doing lean backs at the bar. Yeah. Just Steve-O and DiCaprio just hanging out. Okay. Three famous people you would like to meet. Um, three athletes. I will say that one of them is not the one that they always say. Oh, so not LeBron James. But is there a basketballer of another description? Is there another basketballer? No, no basketballer. Okay. Uh, um, I don't, if I give you the sports, it will give away who the people are because they are all the pinnacle of their sports. Okay. What I can say, Roger Federer, is that Tiger no, Woods. They're all American. Correct. Uh, Tom Brady. Correct. And, and then the last one is an Olympic athlete champion. Uh, Michael Phelps. Michael Phelps. Absolutely. Who is your favorite team or sports person outside of football? And it's an NFL team, but it's not an obvious one. In fact, I mean, no, that would probably give it the away. Cleveland um, Browns. No, no. The Buffalo um, Bills. They, uh, no, I'll just tell you. It's the New Orleans Saints. Yeah. I couldn't think of a way to link it to me right. without giving it away. Okay. What's the best sporting event you've ever seen? Um, and I'll make it easy for you. It was the grand final, but what year? Uh, what do you think was – I mean, it's not going to be 2018, is it? Because he fucking started with like a house on fire, but then he – so it's not 2018, but pick pick another year. Well, it's got to – is it a Brisbane year? It's got to be one of the Brisbane premierships, surely, if he's grown no. up. No. Okay. No, it's a. And it's not it's gonna, more recent. It's than not. That. Yeah, it's not going to be eighty nine. It's he's too. He's too. Way too. He, okay. Young. So, um, and even to the early two thousands, he's probably too young. It's got. It's probably actually got to be something in the last few years. So, what's the best grand final in the the last? I don't even know that you would class this as the best grand final. It was. How about this? It was an upset grand final. Okay, the Bulldogs, uh, twenty sixteen. No, it was the Tigers in 2017. I realized as soon as I said that, that there were two upset grand finals one year after each other. Uh, yeah, 27 AFL grand final, which I believe was the year he was drafted. I think he, he only played his first year in 2018. If he won $10 million, what would you buy first? Mm, a house in Bali? Um, no. <laughs> a car of some kind? Tats lotto tickets? Uh, no, it's he would invest it. He would invest it. It actually is probably... A pretty smart investment if you know what you're doing. And I Bitcoin. think most people don't. Cryptocurrency. Cryptocurrency. Uh, <laughs> what is something people would be surprised to learn about you? And his response tells me that it's actually the opposite of what he's claiming. Uh, that I am... Oh, it, his response says it's the opposite. Um, 
that I am... People who are this never have to say this. Oh, that I'm really good looking? That I'm intelligent. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) You notice that? Like, I never saw, like, a quote from Albert Einstein saying, you know, I'm really smart. I'm like, I know heaps of stuff. I'd like to preface all these remarks by, I'm super smart. Like, I am probably (laughs) the smartest person in the entire world. All right. Now, here's my opinion on what we should order for dinner. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, What's the first car he ever owned? Australian bloody classic, mate. Uh, Ford Falcon. Holden Commodore. Uh, What's his usual coffee order? Um, Okay. I'm going to say he's a... He's either a flat white or a latte operator, I would have thought. Yep. Uh, Yep, you're in the right zone. Flat white. Karong. (laughs) Karong. It's actually a latte. A latte with two sugars. Um, Two more questions to go. What's the dream place you would like to live? Um, oh, you know what? I misread this answer as being a joke answer, but it's actually a real place. And I, but I still think it's a joke answer. It's a suburb of Melbourne that I don't think has ever been described as like a dream place to live. I mean, if you, if you're a listener who lives, who lives here, write in, let us know if I've mischaracterized your suburb. Um, spots. Uh, shares a name with a, a cartoon, like a cartoon of the nineties, a movie, I think it was a Disney film that was like an environmental Environmental message for kids. Oh, uh, Fern Tree Gully. Fern Tree Gully. <laughs> that's the dream. The dream place. Let me just reiterate. That's the dream place he would like to live is Fern Tree Gully. <laughs> I mean, is that where Gumbire Park is? Is that what he's, is that what he's referring to? <laughs> it's an unusual choice, Fern Tree Gully, I would have thought. <laughs> when I read it, I thought it was Fern Tree, the last rainforest. I'm like, oh, he's been funny. But no, he's Fern Tree Gully. Okay, um, what does he want to do after football? And this seems like a like a serious answer. Uh, Not serious as in like grim, serious as in legit answer. Coach football. Property development. Oh, yeah, okay. Perhaps in Fern Tree Gully. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Who knows? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get some of that Bitcoin that I've invested, turn it into some property in Fern Tree Gully. Uh, well, let's get to the mailbag. Yes. If you want to send us a message, you can do that by um, tweeting at us at, at two guys one cup afl on Twitter. And we're also on Instagram. Um, and that's worth following just for our Thursday afternoon tips, which we almost forgot to do last week. I sent you a very panicked text around 5 p.m. because I'd 100% slipped my mind. Um, but we'll be doing it again tomorrow. I will make sure that I, I, I put up a time. Uh, tomorrow morning so just check on our instagram story and uh, to find out when we'll be doing our tips um but for now uh people want to know oh the clash guernsey for anzac day thoughts what do you reckon it looks pretty similar that's the only thing that i would say is that it felt like they um both teams i saw the the photos of both jumpers and i was like they look a little they look a little similar well, it's just strange that both teams have predominantly black Guernseys and that one of them didn't think to consult the other one to go, what colour are you going? <laughs> if you're going to go predominantly black, maybe we'll go predominantly the other colour we have. Um, if the AFL decided on a Super League competition, who would be the first clubs to join? Well, prior to Eddie leaving, you would have thought Collingwood would probably lead the charge. They're the biggest club with the most ambitious president. But now, I don't know, who would be the first to jump ship? 
West Coast. Uh, I mean, like they want to West Coast. Western Australia want to succeed from the rest of Australia anyway. So you can imagine West Coast just setting up a Western Australian Australian football league. It would have to be the non-Victorian states. You think if there was a Super League, the only you know way that they would get people interested in it is like you know you could go. You're not getting enough attention in like South Australia or in. So you're probably going to go for. You need the Crows. You need like the West Coast Eagles, and if you have them, then you just need like a couple of Victorian teams. Which of the big clubs would be most likely to leave to a to a Super League to cash in their chips and just go? We're going to go and play in the Super League. Uh, well, I th- I think it's easy to pick who wouldn't be. So North would get left behind. Saints would be left behind. Potentially the Bulldogs, although like the way you're going and, you know, the popularity and the momentum behind you, if it happened right now, the Bulldogs would go. I think Gold Coast would get left behind, the Saints would be left behind and North would be left behind. Um, Melbourne and Bulldogs would normally be in that conversation because you're going so well, you'd be also be gone. So just be the three of us. I don't think that like there would be many teams that would go because the idea of the Super League is that you're like going to go and play in this like elevated competition for more money and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I just don't feel like a Richmond... All these sort of teams would actually just, they, they would take that deal. I feel like there's sort of, you would be losing the integrity of the competition you're in and I'm not sure what the benefit would be for any teams. Well, there was an article that came out yesterday about John Elliott in the 80s uh, initially pushed to have like a Super League of sorts. It was him and um, uh, Alan, Alan Elliott and uh, uh, Richmond and was it Sydney as well? There's a bunch of people who kind of put a proposition to the VFL because they were so unhappy with, the way that you know ticket prices were being done, and also just John Elliott as an individual <laughs> seems like the kind of guy who would set up his own league. Fuck you. Well, I guess that's what we've got to look at. The who pro- is the oh. charismatic leader who would be most like likely to go out on their own? It's staring us right in the face. Mad King Tony Cochran. <laughs> like Tony Cochran. Absolutely. He, would... he starts his own super league. That isn't as good as the regular league. He'd set it up. You know, there's that island off the coast of Japan, I think it is, that's just like completely like owned by cats. <laughs> that's where Tony Cochran sets up his new Super League. You know what it'd be like? It'd be like the XFL. Yes. It'd be your sort of Vince McMahon coming in to try to do a, like a, that. it would be some, you know, they'd, they'd end up playing in the bikinis at some stage. Yeah. Jeffrey Edelston back to the Swans and he spearheads. Uh, an XFL Super League type league. Um, okay, who's your Brownlow and Coleman point uh, pick at this point in the season? Uh, well, Brownlow is clearly Matt Rowell. And Coleman, I reckon Jack Revolt could get up there. You know, the, if, the, if the Tigers are up and running and they start playing like that every week, then I reckon, you know, you might see Revolt come with a rush. Maybe Tom Lynch. Yeah, Tom Lynch looks pretty likely as well, I would say. It's got to be one of those big teams that... Um, you know, you think are going to just continually like get it down there enough that people keep big bags of goals. But like, you know, Tex only needs a couple more big bags and he might just have one of those leads that's hard for other people to whittle back. I think from what I saw on the weekend, I think maybe Tex tweaked his calf. He started the game like a house on fire, but then he slowed up massively as the game went on. And I think what we're seeing now with him and Buddy, all these players that were so wrapped to have back and we're getting all excited that the big full forward's back, which is great. But if the big full forward is also, you know, at the tail end of their career, <laughs> maybe all that delivery and all that silver service is just like popping hammies and calves and all kinds of shit. I mean, maybe this is the way we could finally get behind Jeremy Cameron. <laughs> so Cameron plays his first 
yeah, game this weekend. If Cameron like started to Stephen Bradbury, it ever all the other big forwards start falling down, and he's started late, but he starts kicking a whole bunch of goals for Geelong, and just gradually week by week starts mowing down all those people in front of him. I think people would be very excited about that. I can't see Jeremy Cameron Bradburying it. I can see Josh Bruce Bradburying it. He is prime candidate to Bradbury it, but then it would be something like he only has to kick two goals in the last match to win the Coleman, and he kicks a ball into his own face. Well, I don't think we play North Melbourne again. I'm not sure. I haven't actually looked that far forward in the draw, but he only really kicks a lot of goals against North Melbourne. So he's got to get like 30 next game against North. Uh, Kate wants to know, if a player got a Neuralink computer chip in the brain and could gamble without a phone, would the AFL require them to wear an L-foil helmet on the field to uphold the game's integrity? I think you could. I mean, it's not about being on the field. I imagine it's if you are subbed out or you're off injured, you've got to put the tinfoil hat on. Well, I would like to think that they would create some sort of, you know, Faraday like field cage. Yeah, Faraday, like a there would just be around, like yeah, the playing arena. There would be like a like Faraday cage, so that Marvel yeah, exactly. Thunder Dome. <laughs> uh, Lek Dog wants to know: Is Sam Walsh stealing Paddy Cripps's mojo? Uh, Paddy Cripps is so in discussions. I think they're complementing each other quite well. Like Sam Walsh. Um, he's an inside-outside player, and Paddy Cripps is predominantly an inside player. I don't reckon he's, he's stealing his mojo. I think, bloody, the two of them need a bit more help. Well, that's, I mean, there's 13 of those, there's 13 midfielders at the Bulldogs. Like, there's literally 13 guys who could, like, who you could describe as being midfielders. Like, I think absolutely the problem is that there's two of them. This, if there was, like, another five of them, that that is the solution. It's not that one is stealing the other's mojo. <laughs> Jules uh, says Dangerfield is heading to surgery for two months I'd say the cats are done for 2021 but I give it one round before Danger is in commentary on Channel 7 yeah I mean that would be a surefire sign that he's done for most of the year the weird thing is about the cats is they are in a holding pattern right now they're just they're just idling they're doing what Richmond do but yeah. they're not getting the same respect that Richmond get they yeah, they need some luck to go their way along because things are not particularly going well for them. And if Dangerfield is out, like, so just on the commentary thing, mm. I'm such a big fan of Joel Selwood, the footballer, but Joel Selwood, the football commentator, I don't know if you watched any of that game that he was doing special comments on the other night. Well, he really put the special in special comments <laughs> because it, he was no good. And Joe Watson was already on that. Like he and Joe Watson, two footballers i have a great deal of respect for on the football field but you've never met two more boring operators when it comes to having an opinion on a game of football are you talking about job spot on watson <laughs> have you noticed like, that is his response to every every lead in spot on spot on well the other thing is like when him and like joe and joel are having a conversation it is a little football dumb and dumber <laughs> like I know, I'm sure they have incredible football IQs, but their capacity to then take what is in their brain and put it into words for the rest of the audience <laughs> to understand is the most basic and limited I have ever. It's like Channel 7 go out of their way to find the most boring possible commentators they can get and recruit them. And Daisy Pierce is just on the boundary line. She's right there. Easily the best special comments person they've got. And they don't get every her time into the they go box. to it, she's brilliant. Amazing. Like, every time she has an incredible insight into the game. I wonder what it is that, that they don't yeah, value in her don't that they know. see in these other guys. Strange, isn't it? Just, it's Baffling. real weird. Uh, Cold in Canberra wants to know the Bulldogs played Ballarat earlier this year in Canberra this week. Any other country towns Will would like to see them play? 
Uh, look, I, I don't, I don't want to send them to the country too often, to be honest with you. Like, this is the thing when, when, when you've got something nice. Like, it, I feel like I've got a nicer car now, and now I don't want it to be like, the old one was a paddock basher. Yeah. You know? Yeah. You send do. it wherever, you know? I don't care. But now I'm a bit like... Only on weekends uh, now. Keep it garaged and yeah. only on weekends. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. I've got a little like heated garage. Yeah. You know, I've, I've bought an old airport hangar, like Jay Leno style, where I can park all my vintage cars. Uh, while we're still on the Bulldogs, Michael wants to know: is the lid is the lid still on? Will lid still on? We are a a lid on club. The Bulldogs. Let's be honest. That is one of the curses of being a Bulldog supporter: is that you can never fully, um, you know, take the lid off and just celebrate it. But I mean, it's been great. Like, there's absolutely no doubt that, like, you know, seeing your team play as well as the Bulldogs are playing at the moment. But I genuinely believe that this week is a danger game for the Bulldogs. GWS (laughs) always lift against us. And they're back. They've got a bit of form. Yeah. No, they do. They look The the Giants look good again. Um, Luke wants to know, uh, Nat Fife. Uh, was only knew the names of the guys from Tame Impala in the rooms after the win against the Hawks last week. I didn't see the footage, but uh, so apparently uh, Tame Impala were in the ground. So Tame Impala, Frio fans for a start, which I think is awesome. Um, and Nat Fife, buddy, buddy. Can you see Nat Fife at a Tame Impala gig? 100%. I can yeah. say Nat Fife in Tame Impala. <laughs> like when he leaves football, I feel like that is the direction I would like to see Nat Fife go because Kevin, who's the sort of, who actually is Tame Impala, very much, they've got a Frio model. It's you very much. It's your star who does everything, and then he recruits a bunch of blokes to that he can't remember the names of to you know play the music. I think Nat Five could easily fit in at Tame Impala gig. Uh, James wants to know uh, with a few teams coming back to the pack last round, when was the last time you got excited and stubbornly convinced that something would happen footy related and it eventually didn't, or the complete opposite happened? Keen to find out. Um, that's every season as a Saints supporter. I always think something's <laughs> yeah. going to happen and I'm always bitterly disappointed. I am. Uh, look, I mean, I can't really. I, I think maybe for me, I actually thought that Gary Ablett on grand final day was going to have, I had bought into the idea and just the mythology around, you know, he's one of the all-time greats, but people are forgetting that he's one of the all-time greats. And maybe just on grand final day, he is going to go out there and he's going to play this. And he just kind of started as if that was going to be the case. And you were just like, here we go. This is going to be, you know, awesome. his great final game. And then he sort of got injured. So that's the most recent one I can remember. Uh, Michael says, a quick epilogue uh, to your Johnny McCluck pocket profile, otherwise known as Darcy Byrne-Jones. Since publication, Port has, straight, has traded stinky rig Frampton to the Crows. He then punched a teammate at training and stayed in his room, stewing in his own stench, presumably, while his Port housemates had a COVID breaching party. Well, good thing they got rid of old shit rig Frampton. <laughs> uh, a friend of the show, Joy Brada, says, Jonathan Brown dropped backs against the wall twice during the pregame coverage of the West Coast Collingwood game. Should two guys one cup? Trademark that phrase, too late. It's like Richmondy got out of the bag. We, you got to copyright stuff before you put it out into the public, and we keep forgetting. We keep handing over these jewels and, and just not copywriting anything. I, I feel like what we're really proving on this podcast is that we're just a couple of steps ahead of the general football commentary. <laughs> and I think there's more and more when I, I was listening. You know, sometimes in I, yeah, if you like, I don't catch many games on the weekend, I'll try to listen to all the footy podcasts. We've talked about that before, and. 
I was listening to uh, Robbo and Michael Warner speak about football today, and I just thought these guys really are the Statler and Wardle <laughs> of the AFL. I Never agree. have two men being grumpier about having the best jobs in the entire world. Curmudgeon was invented for those two men. That word, curmudgeon. Perfectly describes both both those guys. Uh, last uh, little uh, bit of feedback is from Charlie, uh, who wants to contribute to the, uh, the the Rail segment. He says, I'm late to the party because I'm a few weeks behind, but here are some Rail segment suggestions. Rowling News Bulletin, Now Rowl, and the Matt, and the Matt Updat. <laughs> Which I think... <laughs> the Matt Updat. I quite like the Matt Updat. <laughs> that doesn't quite work. I thought it works better reading it rather than actually saying it. But yeah, Matt Updat. Um, all right. That's Two Guys, One Cup this week. Uh, you should go check out some of our other great podcasts at tofop.com. And if you want to support Two Guys, One Cup, you can go to patreon.com forward slash tofop. Yes, it's a Patreon for our podcast network. But the funds that go into that help us produce this show and make it more regular. And there's more stuff we want to do with, with this. So if you do have some money to spare and you do want to help us out, go to patreon.com forward slash tofop or just go to tofop.com and enjoy hundreds of hours of free audio content. Who's on Philosophy this week, Will? Uh, on uh, this week on Philosophy, Steen Raskopoulos, a brilliant comedian, uh, Australian living in the UK, but uh, Steen Raskopoulos is on the show. And then uh, I think on Monday, maybe Julia Morris. Fantastic. Two guys, uh, sorry, two guys, that's the show we're doing now. Uh, Tofop, a brand new episode of Tofop also went up yesterday in which I pitch a, uh, a fantastic business idea that is absolutely flawless and is going to make us a million dollars. Isn't that right? Like all our business <laughs> ideas. And uh, Fofop this week, Lindsay Webb is back to tell uh, a lot of hilarious tales, including, as we've been getting a lot of feedback, uh, us speculating about a form of technology that is basically just the entire plot of eternal sunshine of the spotless mind. So anyway, look, sometimes we forget that we've you know seen movies or talked about things. And don't forget, you can follow us at two guys, one cup AFL on Twitter and Instagram play on not 15. Bowl. We are two guys, one cup.